Namaste. We're here with Gautam once again, and uh, today we'll be doing in living the teachings of Sai Baba a very important and uh, simple topic on signs of spiritual progress to look for within oneself. So, Gautam, thank you for coming uh, all the way from Bombay and giving us your time. And uh, Gautam, today, if you could shed some light on this, that what are certain pointers or markers devotees should look for to know if they are making spiritual progress? Nick, it's a pleasure to be back on your channel and I can see the amazing work and its impact that it is having across the globe actually. And uh, it's a wonderful vehicle to spread such teachings. And more so, I see that you are covering various aspects now. You know, not only devotees' experiences, but uh, historically you are showing people the principal disciples of Sai Baba and they will now have access to all this information which they didn't earlier. So, that's really wonderful to see. Now, this question you have asked is actually a crucial question. It seems simple and its answer is extremely simple. But you see, simplicity people don't like generally. There is a saying, I think it is by the poet Walt Whitman. The truth is simple. If it were complicated, everybody would get it. You see, that's what we do. We make structures, theories, concepts out of simple teachings. And Baba's is actually by far the simplest. But are we followers of Baba living that simplicity? Now, such a simple question, what are the signs of spiritual progress? There is only one sign, which is peace of mind in daily living. This is not a question of siddhis, this is not a question of abilities, of gradations in my level of devotion to Sai. That all is excluded. It simply comes down to peace of mind in daily living. And how do we know that we are at peace and therefore following Baba's teaching. Very simple. We should keep this extremely simple. If we accept that everybody in our life, be it our family, friends, colleagues at work, or strangers, if all of them are instruments of Sai Baba, If we accept this fundamental fact that the same energy functions through everyone, bringing about what each one is designed to produce based on their genetics and their conditioning, with this understanding, conflict ends. You may not agree with someone, but you will agree to disagree. 
you will understand that someone else's view is as valid as yours. So you will not go about berating people, criticizing people, condemning people like you used to earlier. And what is the result? Peace of mind. That is the sign of spiritual progress. This is a very underrated aspect of what happens in one's life when one truly follows the teaching. Nisargadatta Maharaj had said to criticize anyone is to criticize the affairs of Brahman. You see, so when one is living the teaching, this becomes automatic. The thinking mind, which was always engaging in ill will, spite, jealousy, envy, hatred, malice, blame, condemnation, all these aspects, these don't function anymore. When you accept people for who they are, the way God has made them with their flaws, just like you have been made by the same source with your flaws. So it comes down to acceptance, accepting people the way they are, accepting yourself the way you are, and accepting that events in your life come to you as a part of the functioning of one's destiny. Sometimes pleasure, many times pain. Accepting that life cannot be only pleasure, 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 pleasure. It is one's own life experience that life is sometimes pleasure, sometimes pain. That is why Maharaj said, between the banks of pleasure and pain, my life flows. But what we do is we run away from pain and run after pleasures, thereby increasing our suffering. Now, why did Sai Baba say that the two most important words of his teaching are Shraddha and Saburi? Because he's trying to say that, yes, we know life is a life of pain and suffering. Therefore, faith and patience. That is what heals. But the thinking mind, which is running into the dead past or an imaginary future all the time, that is what is taking us away from our peace. So the sign of spiritual progress is the degree of Shraddha and Sabburi we experience in our lives, not as concepts. Living that teaching, living the faith, not the faith that I will get what I want, the faith that whatever is meant to happen is for my highest good. So, Gautam, as you rightly said, that ultimately it is living the Shraddha and Saburi in everyday life throughout. 
Gautam in my observation, there is something very peculiar I've seen in the Sai Baba path because I've explored other traditions also. And one peculiar thing I see is because people have experiences of Baba's miracles or dreams or visions, unfortunately, they start to look at that as markers of progress. So, could you talk about that aspect because that is very peculiar to Baba's path and just so that there's some awareness around that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, Nick, Sai Baba himself has said, I give people what they want so that they may want what I want to give them. And he is referring to the ultimate self-realization, enlightenment or shanti, sukha shanti you could call it, you see. Now, the problem with experiences is, it is the ego which gets hooked on to the experience and feels special. I had this experience, I had this vision of God, this was given to me, you see. But the point is, the ego comes in after the experience. The experience is not in your control. Let's say one night you have a dream. Did you will to have that dream or did it happen? But the next morning you wake up and say, wow, Sai Baba came to me in my dream. Sai Baba said this to me in my dream. And now what happens? Not only does the ego feel special, but it wants to repeat the experience and is now waiting for the next dream to happen. This is a classic pitfall on the journey of experiences. That is why the masters warn us that don't get hooked on to experiences because that leads the ego astray. Now, let us talk about what I feel is an even greater Siddhi, which is peace of mind. You have two options placed before you, let's assume. One is a life of ignorance, psychological suffering on one side, deeply divisive relationships, but you get many experiences in your life, right? And the other is a life of peace, calm, harmony, tranquility, a life which is the absence of separation from others. But there are fewer experiences which you get. Now, which life would you choose? If Sai Baba himself came to you and offered you these two options, and said, you know, all the conflict in your mind, all these imaginary thoughts of what people did to you, what you did to people, what your future might be, and all that garbage of the thinking mind, I take away. So that from now on, till your last breath, you have a clear mind. The light of clarity shines through every moment of your life. And you accept your prarabdh karma, your destiny, the way it is, I can give you that life or I can give you some experiences, but the rest of your life 
is going to be miserable in terms of psychological suffering and all the drama associated with the thinking mind. Which would you choose? You see? So, this is the issue with experiences. There is no end to having experiences in life. Now, if you ask anyone, what do they feel about deep sleep? Everyone wakes up and says, I slept so well. The gift of deep sleep is so beautiful, right? You know it. And what is deep sleep? The absence of experience. In that sense, isn't that a better experience than having experiences? That is the gift of deep sleep. That is why Ramana Maharshi said, deep sleep is your natural state. This is what he was pointing to. Correct. So now to bring it just for anyone, very simple. You essentially have, here is where you would, what are markers we can look at? So in your everyday life, say you're on the Baba path, you sit for meditation, you know, you do your, your bhajan, you do your dhyan, everything. In time, if you are doing it correctly, you will see a few things, right? So one is you would definitely be less reactive to stimulus, mm -hmm. which is negative. Mm -hmm. You would be, you would have a mind that is much quieter. Mm -hmm. If thinking which is necessary, which is regarding some work, that may happen, that is fine. But it's the stretching, as you say, is the problem. Right. That would reduce. Right. Even physical symptoms, because why I'm bringing the physical symptoms, I have met many devotees who have had experiences which are phenomenal, but when I sit there, sit with them, in two minutes I can see there's a lot of restlessness. Yes. Then I question myself as well that, see, I come from a, I don't mean to be judgmental, but as a publisher, so to speak, I have to look at all these signs. So in a way, it's given me an eye of discrimination hmm. to see who I'm going to feature and not. Of course. So that gave me a very unique thing to sit and look at these things. And right. I said, I don't tell them that, of course. But right. this becomes the criteria for me to check whether I want to, uh, you know, take someone in or no and feature them. Right. But I see, you know, people may claim anything and they may imagine stuff. Yes. But Physical symptoms are one of the things I look for. Right. So, if you could talk about this. You see, everything is the mind. You see, I'll give you a, an example which is slightly away from this. I had a boy who came to me who had accepted the teachings of the masters, the Advaita and all, all that stuff, right? And he said, oh, my mind does not go into thinking of the dead past and an imaginary future. And so what I do to prevent that from happening is I play video games all the time. You see now that is missing the point. Because playing video games means the mind is still very active. Whereas we are talking about a still mind. What Maharaj referred to as conscious presence. Abiding in one's being. What Eckhart Tolle says is being in the now. Being in the now is not something to be done as a major exercise. If your thinking mind is absent, you are being in the now. You cannot not be present. One cannot not be present. 
But what happens is one is not present consciously. If someone is talking to you and your mind is elsewhere, that, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, then you are not present. So, the subsiding of the thinking mind leads to inner stillness. So, the agitation of the body. You see, one is some bodies have more energy than others. Our blueprints are not the same. So, let's say I need, if I am someone with more energy, I go for a long walk or I jog or whatever, I expend the energy in any way it needs to be expended. Right? But then is the mind which makes me restless. And that restless comes out in various manifestations. Now, someone with awareness, like you gave your own example, can see that. You know, can see someone being fidgety, can see the eyes shifting. So, it is certainly not a judgment on that person, as you rightly said. But one gets those cues. Correct. I was saying if one can use these cues to self-reflect. Absolutely. I'm assuming if they are watching this and yes. they've come so far watching it, they are interested. Yes. So, uh, if they're... So, this would be an important cue, right? You could be on the Baba path for 15 years. Mm. Now, there could be two devotees. One who's had no experience of Baba, no miracle, one mm. who has. But if they take this, these few cues, there is stillness, then this is very big progress. Yes. And I am here to defend those devotees who don't have these experiences. <laughs> you know, so perhaps your channel finds my interviews not that no, chamatkar filled <laughs> than the others. But I firmly believe that Baba's teaching of Advaita is the highest possible. You see, and that gets missed. He most lived often. it and demonstrated it. Yes. Yeah, which... You know, a so, dog is bitten there or hit over there, and he has the boon. Yes, that is now, the what is that? highest form. Everything is me. Yeah, M caps. Yes, not the M lowercase. Yeah, yeah. Correct. You see, that oneness can only happen if one is established in the absolute, which he was, right? But for us, if we miss the teachings which come out of his examples. If you look at stories as just stories of Chamatkars and Sai Baba, we get stuck with the Chamatkar. We don't see the deeper meaning and significance beneath that story. And stories are the best way to communicate. You see, it's a very subtle form. We may be thinking this is a story we are reading, but it's actually operating at a vibrational level. Everything is vibrations. You see, I'll give you an example of my talk last Sunday, where someone asked me that he gets visions of various deities, right? And he feels beautiful. His question was, what does it mean? I said, look, firstly, the deity is a vibration. Ganpati himself is actually a vibration when your Agnya Chakra synchronizes with your Manipur. That is why Ganpati's belly is huge. That is why the trunk is there. Because the Rishis saw that when these two chakras are synchronized, one takes better decisions, one is more balanced, and one is able to deal with obstacles in a better way. 
Now they knew that the common person would not understand this dynamic. They saw it in their meditations. So what did they do? They created a form which represents that, which can be worshipped. And as within, so without. So when one constantly looks at Ganpati, worships Ganpati, one is imbibing those qualities vibrationally. It comes down to vibrations. So there is very little which is actually what we see. That is in fact the Maya. Things look one way but are completely operating at a different level. Now the point is that we have someone like Sai Baba whose life is a living example of polaric opposites. Calling a Masjid Dwarkamai and all that, all the polarities are being lived in the same moment. But let's say we miss that completely. What is the point? I mean, can it be more obvious than that? But there's that saying, you know, what's easy to do is also easy not to do. Exactly. And with the Baba path, I mean, this is just something I observe and feel deeply that if, you know, maybe at some point I would like to go in deeper into Eckhart today's teachings of present moment awareness because I feel it goes so much with Baba's Saburi. Yes. Where when you accept each moment as it is completely, that is present moment awareness. Yes. So I feel there are some very beautiful pointers in Eckhart's teachings which can take Baba's devotees, you know, even those who have experiences into that stillness which Baba is, that ocean of consciousness. Beautiful. Mm. So maybe at some point, Gautam, sure. we could spend, uh, yeah. dwell deeper into that. Yeah. I'd like to talk about a uh, point you made of... Uh, Channels of Sai Baba, I think it's an important point. In the next episode, I will ask okay, you this okay. in detail. Sure. So stay tuned for that and thank you, thank you so much.